Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. No Robbie Falk with me today, and I'm going to explain why in just a minute. But thanks for joining me here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. Appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen who are out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brew Polo. Over in Tupelo, I had someone tweet me this one this morning, so I'll go with it. It would be weird if Brupolo was an Ingamar. Ingabru? Brugamar? I don't know. I don't know where we would go with that. Wherever you are, though, if you can't make it to Starkville or to Tupelo, just you know, get it done online. Get it shipped to your house. Whatever kind of coffee machine you've got, we've got you covered at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. That's the place to find maroon and white merchandise you can't find just anywhere else. You can only find it at College Corner because only College Corner has the biggest and best selection of it in central Mississippi. So many great stuff. And look, it's starting to get chilly out there. I was looking at their website the other day. What a great selection of pullovers they've got there. Brand names that you know and trust, and they look good, and they've got all the great logos. I'm going to go ahead and let you guys in a little secret. You know, I've been tweeting out some of their stuff lately. I think I'm gonna. I may tweet out the occasional banner M thing. Don't hate me. Just you know, they got they've got the kind of banner M polos that I can get behind. You know, it's a small, understated logo. Not hey, let's put the logo from the, the where you tuck it in up to the neck. Quality stuff. College Corner, two locations in Jackson area, Ridgeland by Fleet Feet, flow over the half shell, and of course, collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco is Starkville's best Mexican restaurant. It's Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. They've taken your favorite Southern classics and turned them into Mexican favorites. Basically, they have, they they follow the same principle that I follow with a lot of a lot of things that I cook when I cook out, and that's everything's better as a taco. You know, it's great to just have you know something. But when you put it on a tortilla and you put some some salsa or some sauce, a little cheese on it, it's just better. Everything's better as a taco. Humble Taco embraces that. That's why they've got tacos that you cannot get anywhere else. Only at Humble Taco. Only a few days left in the month of October, which means there's only a few days left to help out your friends at Firehouse Subs, and they're helping you out with the uh, with what they do in your community. That's right. All you've got to do is go to Firehouse Subs right now for the next few days, and you can be a part of Firehouse Subs Public Safety. I'm sorry, of First Responders Month, which donates money through your donations through the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation. You can buy a medallion, a dollar, five dollars, up to twenty-five dollars, and that money goes across our great country. It stays in the communities where those stores are in Mississippi alone. Over eight hundred thousand dollars. So we're talking about millions of dollars nationwide. Thanks to Firehouse Subs. They've got locations in Starkville and Oxford, Columbus and Tupelo, uh, Flowood and Madison. That's Firehouse Subs. All right, so 
Today's show, a special edition of Thunder and Lightning. I'm calling it the Bi-Week Blitz. So what we're going to do today is I've got three interviews. We're going to play those off. So, Robbie, no need to be here, right? I'm just going to set the interviews up, let you listen to them, and then we'll go on to the next one, and then we'll wrap things up towards the end. I wanted to talk to the other coaches on campus. If you listen to Thunder and Lightning live, and if you didn't, you can always go back here on the Thunder and Lightning podcast feed and find it. I talked to Coach Chris Jans about MSU men's basketball. That's good stuff. Let's jump into our first interview here on the podcast with a guy we've talked to many times and a guy I know you guys are wanting to hear from. Coach Chris Lamonis is our first interview this week on the Bi-Week Blitz. So let's start our Bi-Week Blitz where we're talking to as many coaches as we can get on the podcast today, and we'll start with the man. He's been on the podcast before, and I always enjoy talking to him, my friend Chris Lamonis, Mississippi State baseball. The man who has, you know, I know this this offseason has been long for you, but you've been able to get back on the diamond these past few weeks with some scrimmages. Just give me some high-level thoughts of what you've seen from your team thus far in those scrimmages. Um, you know, it's been a little bit of a weird fall. We got so many new guys and then we had a handful of injuries, not, I don't think they're season long injuries, but we just, you know, we lost some guys this fall, but I was pleased. I mean, we have a skill development phase and us playing the game better. And then there's also this team phase of us learning how to play, you know, this game as a group and together and, and working on our culture. So, um, you know, Monday was a kind of our last day of, of teamwork. And now today we go into our you know, our individual work and trying to work. But we were really pleased as a staff. You have a lot of new faces, and I feel like that bringing those guys in has sort of had people – they've lost sight of some of the guys you brought back originally on the team. A guy like Hunter Hines, right, who had such a, a massive freshman season, and you look at him and you think, gosh, that guy played so great as a true freshman. What's the next level for a guy like Hunter Hines? I mean, he's got a chance to be one of the better players in the country. You know, I mean, he – He's got to work and he's got to do it, but he's, you know, he played about two weeks of our fall and had a hurt, you know, hurt his arm. Um, but, you know, he had a couple homers, just some big hits. I mean, it's just a special player and, a, and it's a tough player. He's a tough kid. He loves to play the game. Um, he's probably the epitome of your, you know, what you think of of a Mississippi State baseball player. And then a guy like Kellum Clark comes back, you know, who had a an up and down, you you would say, season last year. But definitely, you, you know that the potential is there for him to sort of join Hines and be one of the top players in the country. How has his fall gone? Well, he his Cape, he was an all star in the Cape Cod League, and his last week of the summer, he broke his hand on an HBP, and he is yet he didn't get one at bat the entire fall. Oh gosh, so he is he's he's full go now. He's full go now, but he is, um, you know, I didn't have, really, I didn't have Kellum or Hunter much this fall. Hunter Hunter had a broken arm and Kellum had a broken hand. So I've had those two guys out, so we've had to play without him a little bit. So, but they're, um, Kellum is swinging and playing full time right now. He had the cast taken off last week and feeling good, so he should be fine for the season. And same with Hunter. Hunter's in about a week or two, too, so. They should be fine, but that's kind of been our, our dynamic this fall. We've, you know, we've had a couple of players out. Coach, after last season, you've got to be pretty sick and tired of injuries at this point. Yes, um, it's been testing. You know, we probably had at one point, I think we had six or seven position players out this fall. Yeah. You know, so we were we were scrimmaging six on six and doing some things. And, you know, they're, they're not anything from a HBP or a guy diving or a guy swinging a bat and spraining a wrist, but. It's been uh, it's been a little you know testing there. I'm hoping 2023 is nicer to us. 
You had a guy in who, speaking of the summer league, Slate Alford just had a tremendous summer. Every time I looked on Twitter, he was hitting a ball out of the ballpark up there. Is he a guy that you, you foresee having a big jump now that you get it back into SEC play this spring? I think so. I'm hoping so. I mean, he's had a really good fall. Let us probably in every category. I think he had four or five homers. Um, probably hit upper 300s. Plays good defense. Um, but he's got to do it. He's got to do it in an SEC schedule. And, and but he, I mean, he was, I blew up this summer, kind of mid to late summer, still trying to sign some guys. And he played on the same team as Colton Ledbetter, one of our transfers also. And just, you know, leaving there that night, I felt a lot better because both of them had great nights, but they had, they had had great summers. I mean, their numbers, they stuffed a stat sheet across the board, you know, and they just, you know, they had, you know, great confidence coming back here this fall. When you think about pitching and in terms of you know if you're filling out your rotation for for the spring, do you, do you feel like you have a true Friday night guy on this staff, a guy that you can trust to go five, six, seven innings each and every week? Yeah, well, I feel like we have a true Friday night guy. You know, we don't get many going seven innings anymore. I wish yeah. we did. You know, um, you know, it's usually your five or six inning starts. But you know, Kate Smith, that guy that's you know needs to make that jump for us this year. I mean, he's. He's got the experience. He's pitched in Omaha. He's pitched, you know, he started every weekend in the SEC last year. Like, and it's real stuff and it's real makeup. And I'm hoping he's a guy that can take that ball and get us going every weekend. I mean, that's a, that's a big key in this league. Who is a bigger guy for you to get back, Luke Hancock or Casey Hunt? Whew, man, that's a real tough one. Um, I would probably say I love Casey, but I'd probably say Luke just because of the catching position and the lack of depth there. But they were both huge. I mean, you know, here's another one is Parker Stinnett. I mean, we, we that last month of the season, they all had an opportunity to sign or or not come back, I guess, in Luke's situation, and, and getting them all to come back and be back. And, you know, we, we need their talent, and we also need their leadership. And that's been a big piece this fall of having some guys back that can – that can help lead us, but we needed, you know, we needed Luke behind the plate. That was a big piece. We have all the freshmen and young guys, and they're talented. But you know, being in this league, there's just being old is is a quality of a lot of winning teams. You know, obviously it's football season, and when we talk about football, you know, in this state with Ole Miss, all the transfers they had and, and how they're fitting in it seems to be working okay up there. How do you feel your transfers here at Mississippi State baseball are fitting into what you want to do? Our transfers have fit into this point, you know, um, playing games and being in real games and getting guys acclimated to playing at Mississippi State. Like, you know, last year in college baseball, Auburn had a bunch of transfers. Mm-hmm. Texas A&M had a bunch of transfers. Oklahoma State. And they all kind of they took them a little while to get going, and that's kind of what we've talked about with our guys of trying to blend faster. Um, but those were some of the best teams in the country at the end of the year. Um, we just got to get our kids act. RJ Yeager last year, she I actually set him down a couple games because he struggled early. You know, just when you run out there and it's forty five thousand people your first weekend, you know, it's it's a little different than playing in Mercer. You know, and so I think that's going to be a little bit of that hump for us to get over and figuring out the right pieces. But um, it works. You can find it, and it works. And we were very selective of finding. Not only the talented player, but the guy that would fit here. That was a big thing this summer. We spent a lot of time making the extra phone call, trying to find the guy that would fit here, and we feel like we did that. You sort of stole a guy from Mike Leach in Dakota Jordan. They thought he was going to play both sports. Now he's just going to focus on baseball. He is a name that I saw you know, from scrimmage reports and from practice that, that looked like, as a true freshman, was acclimating pretty well. Just tell us a little bit about him as a player. 
Well, just to make the record straight, we had him committed about two years before football <laughs> knew about him. So they, <laughs> just, uh, but uh, he is a special player, and he came to us late in the summer and just, Coach, I just, you know, we want to play baseball. And um, it's special. I mean, he's got a chance to be really special. He's got to do it. You know, um, he did a lot in our scrimmages here, but he's got to do it against the other teams. But he's a five-tool guy. He can hit, hit for power. He flies. Um, he throws. I mean, he just can do a lot of different things for you. And I just, you know, he's, and he's been fun to coach. You know, um, thought I was getting kind of a raw player, but no, we, we didn't. He's, he's got a lot of maturity in his game for, you know, a guy who played football and baseball and then he played it, you know, you know, some different schools. Like he's, he's pretty polished for a freshman. This schedule, when I look at it, I mean, it's tough. There's just no other word to describe it. You play, you know, obviously when you're in the SEC, you can't escape that. But Ole Miss won the national title last year. You're playing them. Vanderbilt, two years ago, or three years ago, national champions. Uh, You're playing them. Uh, Tennessee was the best team in the conference all last year. Playing them. Arkansas, too. I mean, Arkansas is what Arkansas is. Then out of conference, oh, Oklahoma, who also played for the national championship last year. You've got three with Arizona State. That's always a good program. Southern Miss is Southern Miss. Always a good program. This is a tough schedule. Was was that done by design? Well, I mean, most of it's done. You know, like, we try to play, you know, a couple hard ones early because you got to test yourself. Mm -hmm. Our midweeks are just kind of tough because we – you know, we're going to play Southern Miss. We're going to play the Governor's Cup. I mean, those are the ones that make it, you know, a little tougher. And in our league, you know, our league is number one. It's just the gauntlet. And we got it. We probably got a little tougher schedule in our league this year um, that we just have to fight through. You just got to win and, and play good baseball. You just, you don't know who, you know, there's just nobody bad in our league anymore. You know, I mean, it's just uh, that's what you're having to fight through. That's what you're seeing. I mean, you look up and the, we played Alabama the other night. Man, they're good. They got everybody back. Last year was Auburn. You know, Auburn, nobody had them pick, and they end up in Omaha. I mean, you got five out of the eight teams in Omaha are coming out of the West, you know. And then we got Texas and, and Oklahoma that was in o- Omaha, too. You know, it just, you're playing the best. And, and that's what, you know, I'm hoping they're looking at their schedule saying, man, we got to play Mississippi State, you know. So um, just, it's why you come here and, and to play against the best week in and week out. Yeah, your last month of the season, I mean, I, I'm not saying I feel bad for you, Coach. I'm just saying that it's. I'm going to yeah. pray for you because you got at Auburn, yeah. at Tennessee, and at LSU back to or three of the four weekends. The one weekend at home is Arkansas. I mean that is a that's a yeah. really tough stretch. You know, how important is it going to be for you? I mean, obviously you want to get off to a fast start. It's kind of cliched, but it feels like that first month of conference play is going to be really crucial for you. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, it's just it's just every week is you know, and it's not sometimes it's not who you play, it's when you play them, and we say that a lot in our our business in baseball because you know how somebody's gotten beaten up or down or super hot, you know, baseball kind of ebbs and flows, you know, hot to cold. So um, we got to be good early, but we just you know you got to get your your wins wherever you can get them, and, and that's it's going to be it, it'll be tough. I mean, there's no doubt about it, and uh, you know um, you know like I said, we just got we got a tough schedule this year. It's more out of conference than than in. Yeah, you know, I mean, in conference. Excuse me. So, I would be remiss to not bring this guy up just because I don't know if hype is the right word, but I don't remember a freshman that people were more excited to see than Gerangelo Sinjay. Just tell me about him. You know, I, I see him out there throwing from both sides of the plate. He's he's he, he looks like a great prospect. How do you manage a player like that, and what role can he play for you this this uh, spring? Well. You know, um, 
he is a you know it's it's not a circus. Sometimes you think it's a circus. This guy throws right and left handed, and you know like, right. but it's really good. It's, re- it's a really good player, not just a guy that can throw with two hands. And uh, we haven't figured it all out. It's it's difficult, you know. How do you warm him up? How do you pitch him? How do you you know like even this fall we're getting letting him throw longer than everybody else because we got to throw with both hands, right? Um, you know, there's a lot of training pieces in there. Um, you know, he probably projects just because it's easier, probably a little more as a starter. I'm sure he can relieve, too, if you needed him to. But, um, you know, got to throw more strikes. You know, we pitched the other night at Alabama and didn't throw as many strikes as we're used to. But those were the first runs he gave up all fall were Friday night at Alabama. So, um, you know, and, you know, he just didn't, didn't throw enough strikes. And so he usually does that. His first outing here, our first bullpen of the fall, you know, we have a bullpen day, and it's all about strikes. You know, who throws the most strikes? And we, we grade it, and then we, we have a winner, and he was our winner. Right-handed, he was the number one strike thrower on the team, which freshmen are usually nervous that first day, and they don't throw as many strikes as they should. But he was also came in second place when he, as the left-handed pitcher. You know, so he was one and two in our bullpen on just strike percentage, which I think will translate over time. I just think he was a little excited on Friday night. We'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to seeing that guy myself. I'm always looking forward to getting back to Diddy Noble uh, this spring. Coach Chris Lamonis, thanks for taking some time with us uh, this week. We really appreciate it. Thanks, thanks, Brian. Take care. Hell State. All right, thanks, Coach Lamonis, for his time. Always good to hear from him. I do, you know, I don't know if yearn is the right word, but I do, I do get excited thinking about walking up to the press box at Diddy Noble Field this February. Preferably not when it's 25 degrees outside. But you see what I'm saying. I'm, I'm looking forward to baseball season. I'll just tell you right now, I think two things. I think that Lamonis is way too good a coach and the team is way too talented to have what happened last year happen again. I'm not saying they're going back to Omaha, but I don't think it's going to be like it was last year. I think they'll be been the hunt uh, in the SEC throughout the season. Tough schedule, though. Man, man, those last few weeks are tough. The last five series for Mississippi State baseball are at Auburn, College World Series team, at Tennessee, number one team in the nation all of last year, Arkansas at home, it's Arkansas College World Series team, uh, at LSU, the transfer portal kings of, of this past year, and of course it's, it's just LSU, but it's at LSU, so you got a chance to win the series. And then Texas A&M at home, also a College World Series team. So you tell me, that's tough. That's tough sledding. All right, let's move into our next interview. A guy who, you know, when, when I ask him about this, you know, kind of boring. Kind of a boring guy. No. Quite the opposite. The, the total opposite of that. Coach Sam Purcell, Mississippi State women's basketball, the new head man for the women's basketball program. Let's get, let's get his thoughts on the upcoming season and his program and some, pl- some of his players, especially some ones that we're going to see back on the court for the first time in a long time. We are doing the bi-week blitz. We're hitting up all the coaches on campus. We're going to catch up with them and see what's going on uh, with their programs. Joining me now, Coach Sam Purcell, Mississippi State women's basketball coach. How do you coach being as stoic and as unexcitable as you are? How do I coach like that? Yeah, I mean, you're just such a uh, you're just such a you know like a, you're stiff like a board. You don't do anything. <laughs> Man, listen, the best advice I ever was given by my two loving parents was, you know what, choose a profession that you love and you'll never feel like you work a day in your life. And you know what, I haven't worked a day in my life. When you when you see your players in practice, when you see your players in games, is it sort of that same relationship that they feed off the energy that you bring? 
I hope, right? I mean, I've had a lot of good coaches, and those who listen out there hopefully had a good experience. But there's some coaches that you question, like, man, you're leading me, right? And, you know, do you have joy? Because I think it starts with the coaching staff. Uh, If we have excitement and we have an energy about us, you hope that that filters out and flows through the rest of my team. So that's something we take a lot of pride in. What's a Sam Purcell practice like? Fun, but hard. Uh, you know, I keep it real. Uh, we, we always try to identify what are our weaknesses. Some people shy from them. I embrace them. That's why I think I've been fortunate to be a part of 19, you know, being in this, what, 19 years and being part of several NCAA tournament teams is, yeah, everybody has strengths, but the better teams, you know, go at you on your weaknesses. So it's our job and practices to identify that, challenge them, motivate them where they have success, and before you know it, you got a lot of strengths and hopefully don't have a lot of weaknesses. I asked you this question once before, but I want to bring it back because we had a different audience here. But you know, Mississippi State is a program. You're the fourth coach in, in three years at, at, at this program. Right. So that's a program, you know, from an outside perspective, you'd say, well, that's a program that's got a lot of, of instability. Also, four years ago, this team was in the Elite Eight, and then prior to that, they played for back-to-back national championships. So they're not that far removed from some of the best days of the program. Now that you're here and now you're, you're fixing to kick off your season, you know, which program is it? Is it the program that's been unstable the past couple of years, or is it the program that is not too far removed from being one of the best in the country? Well, for me, it's uh, the second one, not too far to be removed because the climate's changed. You know, a lot of times it was get a freshman, build your class, you got to build this thing up with four years, but with the new NCAA rules and the transfer portal, it's about one year at a time. And who's on your roster and who you bring back. So for me to bring back some several great players and then also uh, do really well in the transfer portal, uh, we've got depth, we've got athleticism, we've got skill, and I think the most important thing is i got a hungry team. i got a team that people aren't writing about, people aren't talking about, and I couldn't ask for a better situation as a head coach because you asked me about those practices, and I can tell you right now our practices are motivated because people are doubting us. So I'm excited to put a product on the floor and see what we can do. You, you, being a new coach, it's just the, the way it is now with the transfer portal that you expect to lose some players. But instead, you got a couple of big pieces to come back to your program. Let's start with Annie Hayes, Anastasia Hayes. I mean, that is to get a player of that caliber back that a lot of people had just written her off at the end of the year and said, oh, she's definitely gone. She'll go to the WNBA. How huge was it to get her back? Oh, man, it was big-time huge. Uh, I'll never forget when I got the job and was here, I called her, and her and her sisters came and met with me because my day was so long. I think it was like 10 o'clock with me and my wife, and we just sat down and just talked as people and, um, you know, for her to believe in me. And I told her, hey, if you want to go in the draft, I support it. And I think it kind of threw her off. But that's who I'm as a person. You know, our job is obviously I want the best players, but at the end of the day, I also have a responsibility for young women to fulfill their dreams. And I told her, if you want to go pro, let's go pro. But she saw the, the drive I had and the vision I had, and she was like, you know what, I want to be a part of it. So I won the lottery on that one. And then you know you bring back Jessica Carter, who obviously sat out last season. But that you talk about being hungry. It feels like that should be a player who is really clamoring to get back on the court. A hundred percent. And I think the best thing that she ever told me is the reason she's come back. And obviously I'm egoless, but there's part of me that would love to hear it because of me. It's honestly nothing to do with me. It's our fan base. 
Uh, during that difficult time, she shared with me that her other fans, the notes, the tweets, the making her feel special when they saw her in the community, uh, made her have a passion to fight through, and most importantly, want to put that uniform on and get back out on the court. So I can't wait for that moment just for me as a fan, more or less as a head coach, to watch the emotions that she'll have when our fan base is on their feet to cheer on when she steps back on the court. One problem this program faced a season ago due to injuries and, and other outside factors was depth. They just didn't have enough players. They, they, by the end of the season, the rotation was down to like seven players that they could trust. It feels like this year you, you've got a lot more depth. How, how deep can your roster go, do you think? I think we go 10-11 tonight. I really do. And that's what I'm trying to challenge my group now. We've had some close scrimmages so they can really see the vision I have. It's funny. I actually had two players to that your question ask me, is this how we're playing? And I said, you better believe it. Um, so we're in that still honeymoon stage where we're training hard, but now, uh, you know, as we get closer, they really see, man, if we all just give it everything we got for this short, short period, then, you know, a lot of us are going to play and we're going to wear out our opponent. What's the biggest challenge for you in year one here at Mississippi State? Well, I just think the biggest challenge is probably just us just staying the course. You know, it's, we live in today in a society of a microwave generation where it's now, 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 and, this is not going to happen right away. You know, do I think we'll have a lot of success early? Yes. But at the same time, there are going to be roadblocks. So I think the challenge is, yeah, there's energy, but let's stay the course because we're not going to be judged by how we start the beginning of the year. This team's going to be judged on how they finish the year. And our goal is to get back to that NCAA tournament, and then let's see where we can go from there. When you look at that goal, I mean, how, how realistic is that for you in year one? I think it's real realistic because it starts with me. If I don't believe it, how are my players going to believe it? And we have a little slogan right now, why not us? Everybody in the media and what they write talks about everybody else, but I told them that should only fuel your workout and motivate you to get in the gym. And my young women have accepted the challenge, and they're hungry. So because of that hunger and desire, and if we can keep the, the bellies hungry, and like I say, don't get full if we, if we knock off a big opponent, then it's, it's obtainable this year. You mentioned Jessica Carter and, and, and the fan support being a big reason for her to come back to Mississippi State. How big a reason that play in your decision to take this job, knowing that Mississippi State is a place that really gets behind women's basketball? It was the number one reason. Because the hours we spend as college coaches, I don't know if people understand, there's a lot of sacrifices. Yeah, there's a lot of great moments and, and glory that comes with a title, but it also, you know, I don't have Christmases. I don't get to spend time with my family. My family has to make sacrifices. So if I want to be in this profession, what greater joy for me than to feel rewarded that you have a fan base that appreciates your hard work, that treats your family with first class, but most importantly, the young women I'm recruiting from all over the world feel like they can call this place home and feel appreciated. So that's the number one reason why I took this job because I tell people all the time when I see them in Starkville, you all are used to this climate, but you don't understand how special this climate is. And I'm thankful to be the head coach, and let's see if we can't get this thing rocking here this year. Two weeks from today, you start your season. You know, we, in football, we always say, uh, you know, oh, the, the, they're tired of practicing, they want to hit somebody else. What's the basketball equivalent of that? <laughs> the same. <laughs> I would definitely agree. I'm actually glad you said that because I think yesterday was the first practice. I actually felt that, and I actually told the staff, I said, okay, y'all, we're ready. You know, there's only so much more now we can do before we can play. You know, let's get after it. So, definitely the same. We'll see what happens. November 9th here in Starkville, Mississippi Valley State starts the Sam Purcell era uh, at Mississippi State. Looking forward to it. Coach Sam Purcell, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Looking forward to seeing you this season.
Awesome. Thank you for having me, and health safe. All right. Thanks, Coach Purcell. Good stuff. Really appreciate his time. like talking to that guy. It's he's infectious in the good way, right? You talk to him, and you, you just feel like you know he can motivate anybody. And I think he's got a good team. You know, he's a guy that if you saw the uh, the SEC coaches today, they pre- state finished fifth in the uh, in the conference. Fifth in the conference is probably a five or six seed in the NCAA tournament. You have a chance to be hosting. So, good stuff. I think that team can be good. Carter and Hayes. When you have basketball is 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 just so different than every other sport. If you have two potential all SEC players, you should be good. Hayes and Carter give you that. And that's not to mention what you're going to get out of, of Jaquela Jordan uh, and and others. I think this team can be can be good. I think they can be a really good team. All right. Before we get into our final interview of the day, let's move on into that. That's who. Are, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. We want to remind you that beef. It's what's for dinner. I think I'm gonna eat some beef tonight when I get home. I got, I got, I got a little uh, that ribeye steak left over from the weekend. We're gonna, we're gonna repurpose that. Maybe in a taco. See what I'm saying? Maybe in a taco. Ribeye steak taco. Maybe a little, little, little cheddar cheese. A little steak sauce on there, huh? Little hot sauce. Pop, pop. See how easy it is. Beef makes it easy, man. When you have great beef products. You're halfway there to a delicious meal. You get all you've got to do is not screw it up. And for for a lot of you guys out there, I see the pictures. You don't screw it up. I know I'm, my followers. I got more good cooks per Twitter follower than almost anybody in the country. I think I see y'all's pictures. They look great. So I hope you're help, you hope you're uh, helping yourself to some great beef products, especially this weekend. Good weather coming. Let's enjoy it. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the country. I haven't been to Two Brothers in a while. I need, I, I'm just I'm just lagging behind. I'm going to go. I will go this week, I bet. I'll make it happen. I'm going to find a way. Because it's just so good, man. I just I, I, I think about those smoked wings from time to time, and it's like, why am I not eating them right now? Every time, sometimes I get a meal, and I'm just like, this is good, but the smoked wings would have been better at Two Brothers. Not to mention, again, again with the tacos. They have some of my favorite tacos in town. Not my favorite, but some of my favorite. It's great stuff every time you go. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Great products and great service. You know, here's the thing, guys. I'm going to talk about Advantage Business Systems. It's really easy for me to talk about Two Brothers and, and, and the Mississippi Beef Council, right? Because, I mean, those are products I use. I don't personally use Advantage Business Systems. You know, I'm not looking to buy copiers and printers. I'm not. So I don't really have that personal... Uh, story to relate to you about these guys. All I know is this. They have been open for 47 years. Think about how many businesses in just the town that you live in have opened and closed in your lifetime. And yet here's Advantage Business Systems still trucking along 47 years. It's because they take care of you when you do business with them more than anything else. I mean, you can offer great products, you can offer great prices, but if your service is crap, you got no shot. Advantage Business Systems gets it done from a service perspective. They, When I say they treat you like a neighbor and not a number, that is exactly how you are going to be treated when you deal with them. Their number is 601-362-9192, or you can visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. Tired of living the three-stripe life? I know you are. I see your tweets. Then you want to go and shop at The Rogue. The Rogue, of course, 
one of the South's preeminent sales uh, uh, stores selling men's clothing and has been for so many years down there in Jackson. Now that they've added their collegiate collection, there's just no reason to go anywhere else when you need a new game day polo. So head over there now or shop on the li- shop online at therogue.com and check out the collegiate collection. Polos and quarter zips, best in the business, and the logos that you guys say you want. The Walking Bully, check. The Script State, check. The M over S, absolutely check. So head over to the Rogue, therogue.com. No more three-stripe life. We're shopping at the Rogue. We're going to wrap things up with the coach who made the uh, who had the best season overall last year. Super regional for Samantha Ricketts and MSU softball. Got to talk to her earlier today. Let's go to that interview right now. All right, let's wrap up our bye week blitz with a talk with the coach uh, who went the furthest in the postseason of any MSU coach a season ago. Coach Samantha Ricketts, MSU softball. Coach, when you make history, everybody loves you. What do you do for an encore? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely the question right now. And I think, you know, our focus this fall has been remembering what really kind of got us there to that stage at the end of last season, but then also knowing that that's not, you know, we're not satisfied. That's not the final goal. We have bigger and better pictures ahead for this program and that we want to put in more work. We want to do what we did last year plus more. So I think it's back to work. It's raising the bar, raising the standard, and continuing to work hard every day to do that. You know, you see teams come and go in every postseason. You know, the NCAA tournaments are, are, are littered with stories of teams that make a great run, and, and then you, sometimes you never hear from them again. Do you, do you feel like with your program you've set a foundation in place to build upon what you did last year? Yeah, I think that's definitely been the goal for our coaching staff the last few years. Um, you know, it's been – we thought we were maybe a few years away from kind of taking that next step. I'm, I'm really – happy and excited it worked out the way it did particularly for that senior class but uh you know i think we know we've got the culture in place we've got the players the recruits coming in that are really bought into you know putting msu softball on the map and really kind of raising the bar that we have for us and what those postseason expectations are when you're a college coach you know Replacing players is part of the gig. You know, they come, they get four years, and they they move on, and, and that's just how roster management goes. It's different to replace a legend, and I, you know, I put Mia Davidson at the very top of of MSU softball history, and she's right there in, in the same group with her sport with Dak Prescott and Jake Mangum and players like that. So, when you have to replace somebody who's that big a presence in your program, you know, how do you start to do it? Yeah, you know, that's definitely something we've talked about. And I don't, you know, I don't think you can replace Amia Davidson. Just what she brought to the team, both on the field and off from, you know, her production, her, you know, her communication skills, her leadership skills is really just invaluable to what we had. So for us, it's about, you know, looking at what she did and then also understanding that this year's team is not going to be the same. It's, it's a different group. We do have a lot of returners back, but we're going to have a different identity, different strengths. Um, I don't think we'll, we probably don't hit as many home runs as we did without me in the lineup, but we also thought that of a few years ago when we had Mia Davidson and Fa Lua in the lineup. You know, we actually hit more home runs this year without Fa, without Carter Spexarth in our lineup, who have been two big bats for us over the last five years. So, you know, I think we, we really believe in our recruiting, our development, knowing we're going to bring in players that can kind of fill those gaps. I think we're going more athletic, more speed. We're going to steal more bases than last year for sure. But you know, just 
replacing you know all-time home run hitter in the program and the conference is not something that's easy to do, that's for sure. I asked this question of, of Coach Chris Lamonis when he had to replace Jake Mangum. Is it tougher to replace a player like Mia Davidson's leadership or her production? Definitely tougher to replace her leadership. You know, and that's talking about a player that hit 93 home runs. You know, that part, I'm not worried about it. Everything else that she provided, um, you know, she's been a leader on the field by example with her actions since she stepped on campus, you know, five years ago. And you know what it is now is we're trying to figure out what our identity is on the field without her and who's going to be that extension of the coaching staff, who's going to be you know, the one making the calls and calling the plays and really kind of being that field general for us and taking command of the pitching staff. And that's been what the fall's been about. A big part of it is working on that communication without her voice. And I think that's definitely a huge piece, as well as the leadership and what she provided to the locker room, to the weight room, to the group day in and day out. You know, when I and, and I'm dating myself here, obviously. I'm a very old person. Just, just I'm sure you knew that though. But you know, softball was not a sport at, at the high school level when I was in high school. Uh, it's something that's it's grown and it's become a bigger and bigger thing. And now you look across the state and everybody plays softball and it's being played at a pretty high level here in Mississippi. You know, tell us about recruiting Mississippi for softball because it does feel, in some ways. The state's kind of behind the curve with the rest of the South, and certainly from a national standpoint. But at the same time, you've got some great players coming out of the state of Mississippi, and some of them are on your roster. We do. There are a lot of great players in the state. I think you know one of the reasons is it's a smaller population than a lot of the other states that we recruit from. So there's just, you know, in general, there's less people. But I think a big part of it, as the sport has grown over the past few years, we're starting to see it grow at the state level as well. And that's what's exciting to see is as the popularity grows at D1 softball, we see it getting bigger in high school levels. You're seeing it getting bigger on the travel ball circuit and in the youth organization. So that's huge for the growth of our game and to continue to make sure that we're pushing it forward. Uh, But it has been fun to see that kind of change in softball a little bit. And I think, you know, we're starting to see more and more of the competitive club level travel ball teams that are going out and playing in the big competitive showcases and national tournaments, um, and one thing that we have had to kind of fight against is we're one of the few states that still plays softball in the fall. Uh, the private schools in Mississippi play in the fall, and they start so early in July that a lot of the players in the state miss out on the big national tournament. So that's been an interesting kind of, I think, curveball for us to work around. Uh, but we're definitely seeing more and more kids come up that are they're ready to go. They're definitely athletic, and they can compete and play with the best of them, from kids from all over the country. And you know, I think we've got examples of that in Aston Wesley, you know, Quanta Brownlee, Cat Wallace are three we have right now. We've got a couple more coming in the next few recruiting classes for us. But, you know, a player like Aston Wesley, she was five-time state champion. She's been playing on the um, Neshoba Central High School team since seventh grade and a four-time Mississippi Gatorade Player of the Year. You know, she's, she's a winner. She knows how to win at that level, at every level, and she's brought that kind of experience and maturity and mentality up with her to state, which has been fun to watch. You've got a great facility over there at News Park, but you're adding to that uh, in, in the coming uh, coming months, coming years. Uh, how excited are you about these new additions to the softball facilities? Oh, we're so excited! I think it's you know one, it's going to be top of the line facilities. Everything that our players need, everything we're doing is all player space. It is all for the team, for the student athletes, um, what they need to be successful on and off the field. It's new batting cages, pitching bullpens. Um, We've got a team room, a kitchen, a mud room, locker room, team film room, all the things you could think of in there. Kind of a one-stop shop, which is really exciting. But 
I think the thing I really enjoy the most about it is just the investment that it is from from our athletic department, from Mississippi State. And it would have been really easy to just, you know, kind of do something smaller and just to say, here you go, here's something new, we'll just kind of patch it up. But they went all in, everything that the girls would need to really kind of, you know, keep us at the forefront with our facilities and help us to compete and recruit at a national level with the best of the best, which is really exciting. You had a lot of star power the past few seasons, you know, with with Fa and, and Mia with Thunder and Lightning, which we, you know, no copyright infringement or anything like that. <laughs> we, 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 we stole it from Palmero and Clark, so <laughs> however it wants to work. But, you know, this year, you know, some new faces out there, obviously some, some old faces as well. When I say stars, when I say who are going to be the, 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 the players to watch on this team, who, who do you think of? I think definitely Chloe Malulu. I think she's, you know, she's been such a steady presence for us the last few years and just continued to get better and better. You know, this is now year five, counting COVID for her. Um, and she's added a lot of power to her game. That's really kind of been the only thing missing. So you know, she's been the team captain. She's been on our leadership council the last two years. I think she's really going to step into that role, but vacated by Mia and do so seamlessly. Um, you know, offensively, I think Paige Cook has been a little overshadowed the last few years with her production but she's just she's consistent she's a hitter she can hit anyone anywhere and you know really think she provides a you know big piece to our lineup um and in the circle you know i think definitely kenley hawk she was really poised for a breakout year last year and she went from nine innings to 99 and i think she's ready for even more and the combination of her and aspen is really exciting for us to kind of be a one-two punch to lead off um, a lot of games for us you got a scrimmage this weekend in Oxford against Ole Miss. It's just a scrimmage, I know, but you know it's it's still Ole Miss. What what do you want to see though? What do you want to see from your team from a scrimmage perspective? Obviously, it's about getting people at bats and getting people into the circle, but at the same time, you want to see that competitiveness because you're playing a team you're going to play this fall or this spring. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, we're really excited to be able to play another SEC opponent in the fall. Um, and actually, the reason that we are playing them is because we do not face them in the spring and. You know, the way oh. the SEC softball schedules work is you don't play four to four schools a year, and it's kind of on a rotation. Hold on, hold on, <laughs> stop, stop this! Now. You're telling me that the SEC is putting out a sports schedule where Mississippi State and Ole Miss don't play each other? That is correct. Every three years, I can't get behind that. I can't get behind that. But continue <laughs> on with your your answer now. Uh, it is not my choice. It is not their choice, and it's something that we've tried in the past to maybe play a midweek, but it actually hurts our teams and the conference RPI for us to play us out of conference. So, you know, wow. we're going to do what we can, and you know, well, hopefully we get to match up with them in the SEC tournament or postseason. You know, I like the idea of a Governor's Cup for softball, though. I, that I, would be really fun. You know, we could, go down uh, Jackson do, somewhere and play them. That'd be cool. Yeah, there's, there's got to be a way to do it. I'm going to make that a personal mission of mine. <laughs> I'm going to start pushing that that agenda for you. So we're going to make absolutely. that happen. I'm on board. All right, I'm we're going to do it. Coach Samantha Ricketts, Mississippi State softball. Looking forward to maybe another historic season uh, this spring. Thanks for joining me. I really appreciate your time. Yes, thank you for having me, Brian. Right. Great stuff from Coach Ricketts. Cannot believe. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, I understand you got to rotate things. And no, no chance. State, no state, Ole Miss. No chance. Come on. Who are we fooling? Who, who are we trying to fool? Get that game. A Governor's Cup for softball. Where would they play it though? Where is a great softball facility in the state outside of? State and Ole Miss's own stadiums. If you got an idea for that, let me know. I want to start talking about this and trying to put it together. The Governor's Cup for, for, for softball. 
I like it. We're going to make it happen. That's it for today, though. That's it. Now you see why Robbie wasn't here. He, he couldn't do the interviews with me. I, I told him, I was like, all I'm going to do is introduce the interviews and do the ad reads. So he gladly took a day off. We'll be here tomorrow, though. We'll talk some MSU football and some other stuff as well. Uh, and then we'll enjoy a Saturday off before uh, the stretch run of the season really gets started. For my friend Robbie Falk, I am Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.